Hi, and welcome to a new edition of the OPC Foundation podcast, the home of industrial interoperability. My name is Peter Seberg, and I'm your host. Today, I will be talking to Randy Armstrong, Chief Software Architect at Sparhawk Software and Director IT Operations, as well as Chair of the OPC UA Security Working Group. Randy will give us a short intro into security in general. Um, I will talk with him about the security working group and why it was created, uh, the companies involved, uh, what it is that they are working on, the process for handling security vulnerabilities, security and open source, and last but not least, what OPC UA security features will be coming up. Good morning. Hi, Randy. Thanks for joining. How are you? Very good. Glad to be here. Randy, please introduce yourself to our listeners. Uh, where you're from? What have you been doing before OPC UA? And maybe what has been your involvement to date with OPC UA and the OPC Foundation? Well, I've been involved in OPC pretty much full time since 1997. Uh, prior to that, I worked at a company doing embedded systems development. And so I've got a long experience working with OPC, sort of following its evolution over time and sort of having learned about a lot about how all of our security issues sort of came up with DCOM and, and trying to uh, come up with a, uh, a solution that would allow people to address a lot of these issues in a holistic way. Sounds good. So let's talk about OPC UA and security. For starters, uh, for some listeners, as a reminder, for some maybe a relatively new topic, security. What is security and what should we think of uh, OPC UA regarding security and what is or what does the UA security working group? Well, security is something that has multiple aspects to it and the one that people are most familiar with is going to be the notion that a hacker can sort of come in remotely and somehow connect to your software take it over or otherwise get get information from your software and that's a lot of times by taking advantage of uh, bugs in software that allow them to get in 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 general, what we, what we think about it in OPC UA is we try to take a very structured approach where we have the the bottom line, the bottom layer is a transport security. How do you ensure that the information that you're sending over the network is confidential? How do you make sure that you know it hasn't been altered? And then the next level is authorization. How do you make sure that, that any communication is coming from somebody who's authorized to send that and you're only sending it back information back to people, someone who's authorized to receive it. And the final aspect of security has to do with access control. Okay, you know who you're talking to. That's great. But what are they allowed to do? And how do you keep track of what they're allowed to do? How do you prove what they're allowed to do? I, I authorization is the correct term there. So... What we've done in UA is we've incorporated into every aspect of the specification. Whenever we deal with any feature, the first question we always ask ourselves is what are the security implications? And we write out the requirements and we set out APIs and we and we sort of tie it into the other so the more generic frameworks we've put in place. 
So there's a wide variety of aspects, as you said, that goes wider than just the hacker trying to get into your system. So uh, then what is exactly and what does the UA Security Working Group for OPC Foundation do? We realized several years ago that um, as uh, the number of, of people uh, getting involved in the UA Working Group started to expand, is that we weren't getting the people uh, in the working group that were necessarily the security experts within their companies, because these security experts tend to have many, many jobs, and they and they they couldn't prioritize being involved in every OPC UA call. So we set up the security working group with the ideas that this is a group that will only talk about security issues and specifically invited all the different member companies to set, uh, send their security experts uh, for to attend this particular group so we could benefit from all of the security expertise from all of our members uh, as, we're, as we're dealing with different issues uh, related to the UA specification. And this, then for the most part, this has been a uh, uh, has worked extremely well. We've gotten very talented uh, security researchers involved in the group that have that have really helped identify issues and solve problems. So, who are these people, or not? You know, the persons uh, themselves. But you know, what is the type of companies, the type of parties uh, involved in the security working group? Well, it's it's basically it's the same group of people who are involved in the UA working group. It's just different individuals that happen to have expertise in security. So all of the big uh, all of the big control system vendors are are going to be represented: the Siemens, the ABB, the the Rockwell, and those those kinds of companies. And plus, you can you can basically go down our membership roster, and you'll find a, you'll find a complete cross-section of, of the different companies that are that are involved in UA or also involved in OPC UA security. Right. So they would be more typically the larger companies as they would have, you know, more easily access and security experts represented in their uh, environments rather than the smaller companies or... Yeah, that that is definitely a trend. Is where a larger company will actually have somebody on staff whose job is is to do security, so and or standards related security. So they're more likely to have somebody that that they would contribute to the effort. But of course, we do have smaller companies in place. Obviously, the, all of the SDK vendors are represented in one form or another. Um, the uh, cloud vendors are are represented as well. Amazon and, and Microsoft. So, because of course, obviously, they need to deal with security in order to get the OPC data to their infrastructure. And SAP is involved as well. So, I was going to ask you as um, before I became a uh, provider of services uh, by myself um, and I was hired by one of the cool toolkit providers. Uh, so they are involved as well, you say, and so they can quickly correct and update upcoming vulnerabilities. So it's, is that a two-way uh, traffic thing that they bring to the party or? Well, you're kind of jumping into sort of the next topic is what does is the, the UA uh, security working group do? 
and has to do with vulnerabilities. OPC UA got a huge interest now. There's a lot of development going on. It's also attracting a lot of interest from security researchers. And the good thing is this interest means people find vulnerabilities. You might find it interesting to think it's a good thing that people find vulnerabilities, but what that means is people are seriously looking up at the product trying to find issues. And for the most part, uh, what happens is these vulnerabilities will be brought to our attention and we'll discuss it as a group and we'll decide how we want to deal with it. Do we need to publish a public notice of the vulnerability? We coordinate with the SDK vendors and, and software vendors to make sure that their software gets updated to fix the vulnerability before we make anything public. So that's this is the, we have a we have a formal process that we follow anytime something gets reported. And it could be reported because it came to us from one of the government government bodies. It could come as a private report from a corporation. It can uh, sometimes even publish in research papers that uh, somebody says, hey, this research paper has been looking at OPC UA and this is what they found out. And we look at it and say, oh, yeah, that's a good point. We, can, we could probably tweak the specification to improve things here. So... Any number of places, and we basically develop a strategy to deal with it, whatever the issue is. Very good. So what it is that you or the um, the UA working group is uh, working on right now? What is, I mean, as far as you can, you can share, I can imagine this maybe, uh, as it is about security, also topics that maybe are not always immediately for, um, for communication. Well, the the big things that we're looking at now is one of the things that we've realized fairly early on with OPC UA is it's not enough just to define all the security primitives in your specification because what ends up happening is it gets very complicated to set up and configure. So what we've also done is we've tried to provide a mechanisms for configuring and managing security. And so what we're continuing to work on is looking at ways to further enhance these capabilities to uh, cover the complete life cycle of a device. So from when it's sh shipped from the manufacturer, then installed in the factory floor, what are the steps involved and how can we assure that this device has not been modified or tampered with in the supply chain? So that's a topic we're working on. We are constantly looking at uh, developing new, uh, uh, either new security algorithms. We recently incorporated the ECC algorithms into the uh, UA umbrella because these are very important for small embedded systems. And uh, also incorporating new, uh, new protocols as they come up. So, for example, we've got an effort going on where we're looking at HTTP 3.0 which is coming down the pipe. And we will be trying to decide how best to incorporate those capabilities into the UA specification. Right. And I may assume that security is an ever ongoing effort between, well, let's say the, the bad people, the hackers, I don't know, that always come up with new ideas or new standards, as you say. You, you can never say like, no, Next year, March, we're going to be finished. You know that you're going to always going to continue to add new features and elements, right? 
Right, but we we are at the point where we've got, I believe, the critical mass of infrastructure that will allow people to build and deploy secure UA systems, and we will get into a a state where we're simply maintaining the existing infrastructure. But yes, there's always new stuff that comes along. There's always a risk that, say, somebody's going to find a flaw that, that we need to address. The good thing, though, is that UA has been out for over 15 years, and we've had lots and lots of security people and uh, hackers working and trying to find exploits. And for the most part, it's held up <laughs> that we haven't we haven't had to rev the protocol at all, and uh, the issues tend to be related to configuration or software implementation. It was uh, last year there was this uh, an effort called. Uh, Pond to own in Miami. This is, I'm not sure if you're, for our listeners may not be familiar with this, but this is a, uh, a contest where they offer large sums of money to hackers to find vulnerabilities in products. And for years that this has been going on, their focus has been on consumer electronics, sort of your mobile phones and, and uh, home-based routers and those kinds of things. But they recently expanded it to include industrial automation systems. So they uh, basically, the mechanisms they do is they say, okay, here are the targets, and they'll publish the targets, and then uh, all the contestants will spend a fair amount of time trying to find ways to exploit, to hack into those targets, and they get a certain number of dollars for every exploit they find. And uh, so OPC UA applications were put on the block and they came out looking pretty good. There were a couple of minor issues, but for the most part, they couldn't find anything. That's very good. Sounds like the, uh, the Kaggle for security, similar kind of concept. Good. Let's talk about one more, like, let's say, relatively in the course of these 15 years. I I guess over the last maybe five years, I recall as I was still with one of those toolkit providers, uh, the topic of open source came up. So what role does open source play in relationship to OPC, UA and security? Well, open source is a key part of all software development nowadays that you can't have a solution without some open source solutions. And so the OPC Foundation and Microsoft have been sponsoring a .NET open source project. Uh, There are a number of other uh, open source projects in in different languages, such as Java and uh, NCC and Node.js. And all of these um, projects, they need to implement security. And this is where the challenge comes in. And they need to implement it properly. And so what the OPC Foundation has is its, its certification program. So we try to encourage vendors who are using these open source libraries is to go through our certification program and thereby verify that the libraries that they're using are, in fact, implementing OPC UA security correctly. And in some cases, these open source projects have sponsors, which go through the process just to make sure that uh, 
they've done things right. And this is really the relationship between OPC Foundation and open source is that we need to have this link to certification, getting the certification done, encouraging people that if you're looking at open source projects, there's lots out there, but you need to focus on the ones that actually have gone through this process because that's the only way you can have any assurance that they've that they've implemented security properly. Oh, good. Thanks for that. So, can you share with us one or two, you know, things, uh, features, themes that uh, are coming up that you know you will be working on in the near future as far as security and OPCUA is concerned? Well, right now we're working on the, as I mentioned before, the device provisioning, which is the full lifecycle security model, and try to come up with a, a solution that works, that allows device manufacturers to produce devices that can then be verified when they're plugged into their network. So uh, this is something that we're doing in conjunction with our FLC efforts because there's uh, plans to produce a lot of uh, UA-specific devices where uh, there's an opportunity, of course, to put some standards down and get these devices to adhere to these standards. Sounds great. Final question. Is there any development you've experienced lately, any activity that may be coming up in these um, uh, times of COVID-19? Uh, any final thought that you would like to share with our listeners? Uh, nothing. Uh, the the COVID-19 had actually zero impact on the work of the security working group because it was all remote to start with. So, so we've been, we've been moving forward and, uh, other than to sort of reiterate the importance of the importance of security within any industrial, uh, automation application and how people and users, factory owners can't ignore it. They need to have a solution for it even within their local networks, because you never know where a compromise is going to come from. And that's where uh, UA is part of the solution for that, to solve that problem. Thanks, Randy. Wonderful close for and sharing your ins and outs regarding uh, OPC UA and uh, security. Yeah, if you, dear listener, want to learn more about OPC UA and security, OPC UA specifications or Uh, any other pieces of the OPC UA technology or about the OPC Foundation, you may want to listen to the preceding OPC Foundation podcast editions or visit the website at opcfoundation.org. Uh, if you have a proposal for topics or are interested in appearing on the OPC Foundation podcast, uh, maybe you want to join one of the OPC UA companion specification working groups, or maybe you want to become a member of the OPC Foundation or otherwise, please mail the OPC Foundation at office at opcfoundation.org. Uh, we'll put both the website URLs and the mail addresses in the podcast notes. It was great to have you with us today. If you like what you heard, give us a thumbs up, spread the news, and looking forward to have you with us again. Uh, Randy, thank you uh, very much for having been my guest today. Thank you very much for hosting it. Bye-bye.